Good day and good week. This is Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking. I'm an award-winning author and a lot of other things, but I won't get into it because I don't want to bore you. This week's episode will be about the UFO incident that occurred in Aurora, Texas in 1897. The Aurora, Texas UFO incident reportedly occurred on April 17th, 1897, when according to locals, a UFO crashed on a farm near Aurora, Texas, United States, of course. The incident, similar to the more famous Roswell UFO incident 50 years later, is claimed to have resulted in a fatality of the pilot and the occupants within the craft. The pilot and those occupants were not of this world, and they were said to be of alien origin. The pilot was buried at the Aurora Cemetery. He had apparently lived for a little bit before succumbing to his injuries and passing. The other occupants on the ship were discarded with the remains of the ship and hidden. A stone was placed as a marker for the grave, but has since been removed. And there was an original newspaper article describing the incident by S.E. Hayden. A windmill demolishes it, the Dallas Morning News, from April 19th, 1897. The article from was written by S.E. Hayden, described the UFO crash. The UFO is said to have hit a windmill on the property of a Judge J.S. Proctor two days earlier at around 6 a.m. local central time, resulting in its crash. The pilot, who was reported to not be of this world, and a quote-unquote Martian, according to a reported Army Signal Service officer named T.J. Weems from nearby Fort Worth, did not survive the next following days after the crash and was buried with Christian rites by a traveling pastor named William Russell Tabor at the nearby Aurora Cemetery. The cemetery contains a Texas Historical Commission marker mentioning the incident. Reportedly, wreckage from the crash site was dumped into a nearby well-slash-water reservoir located under this damaged windmill. While some ended up with the alien in the grave, adding to the mystery was the story of Mr. Brawley Oates, who purchased Judge Proctor's property around 1935. Oates cleaned out the debris from the well in order to use it as a water source, but later developed an extremely severe case of arthritis, which he claimed to be the result of contaminated water from the wreckage dumped into the well. As a result, Oates sealed up the well with a concrete slab and placed an outbuilding atop the slab. According to writing on the slab, this was done in 1945. Now, the hoax theory is primarily based on a 1980 Time Magazine interview with Etta Pigwas, an 86-year-old Aurora resident who claimed that Hayden had fabricated the entire story, stating that Hayden wrote it as a joke and to bring interest to Aurora. The railroad bypassed us and the town was dying. Pigwas further claimed that Judge Proctor never operated a windmill on his property, a statement later disputed in an episode of UFO Hunters, which found 
what they claim to be the base of a wooden water pump tower constructed around the well. Paranormal researcher Jerry Drake on April 12th, 2020, episode of the Monster Talk Live podcast challenged that finding, noting the well was clearly a bucket well of modern construction, estimated to be built sometime after 1940, and not a well-designed for use with a windmill. A Texas Historical Commission marker outside the Aurora Cemetery alleged burial site of the UFO pilot, which briefly mentions the incident. The incident has been investigated on numerous occasions. One report was broadcast by local television station KDFW Fox 4, and two other reports aired on cable television. KDFW report. In 1998, Dallas-based TV station KDFW aired a lengthy report about the Aurora incident. Reporter Richard Ray interviewed former Fort Worth Star-Telegram reporter Jim Mars and other locals who had something, uh, whether it crashed in Aurora or not. However, Ray's report was unable to find conclusive evidence of extraterrestrial life or technology from this crash. Ray reported that the state of Texas erected a historical plaque in the town that outlines the tale and labels it legend. UFO Files Investigation On December 19, 2005, UFO Files first aired an episode related to this incident titled Texas Roswell. The episode featured a 1973 investigation led by Bill Case, an aviation writer for the Dallas Times-Herald, and the Texas State Director of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. MUFON uncovered two new eyewitnesses to the crash. Mary Evans, who was 15 at the time, told of how her parents went to the crash site and they forbade her from going. And the discovery of the alien body. Charlie Stevens, who was 10 at the time, told how he saw the airship trailing smoke as it headed north toward Aurora. He wanted to see what was happening, but his father made him finish his chores. Later, he told his father when he went to town the next day and saw wreckage from the crash. Mufon then investigated the Aurora Cemetery and uncovered a grave marker that appeared to be showing a flying saucer of some sort, as well as readings from its metal detector. Mufon asked for permission to exhume the site, but the Cemetery Association declined permission. After the MUFON investigation, the marker mysteriously disappeared from the cemetery and a three-inch pipe was placed into the ground. MUFON's metal detector no longer picked up metals reading from the grave. Thus, it was presumed that the metal was removed from the grave itself. MUFON's report eventually stated that the evidence was inconclusive, but did not rule out the possibility of a hoax. The episode featured an interview with Mayor Brommer, who discussed the town's tragic history. The UFO Hunters investigation. On November 19, 2008, UFO Hunters first aired another television documentary regarding, regarding the Aurora incident titled First Contact. The documentary featured one notable change from the UFO file story. Tim Oates' grandson of Brawley Oates and the now owner of the property with the sealed well where the UFO wreckage was purportedly buried, allowed the investigators to unseal the well in order to examine it from possible debris. Water was taken from the well 
which tested normal except for large amounts of aluminum present. The well had no significant contents. It was stated in the episode that any large pieces of metal had been removed from the well by a past owner of the property. Further, the remains of a windmill base were found near the well site, which refuted Miss Pigwas' statements from the 1979 Time magazine article that Judge Proctor never had a windmill on his property. In addition, the Aurora Cemetery once again examined although the Cemetery Association still did not permit exhumation using ground-penetrating radar and photos from prior visits. An unmarked grave was found in the area near 1890s graves. However, the condition of the grave was badly deteriorated and the radar could not conclusively prove what type of remains existed there. The landowner gave them pieces of metal that contained mostly aluminum and an unknown element. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. Space alien buried here? Aurora Cemetery may contain the most important grave in the world, or it may simply be that historical markers in Texas are more open-minded than those in other states. Whatever the reason, the official plaque outside of this graveyard does mention that it might contain the grave of a pilot of a spaceship that crashed nearby on April 17, 1897. Newspaper accounts at the time reported that the alien craft hit a windmill and was torn to pieces, although with its occupants, a 1986 movie, Aurora Encounter, recreates the tale. In 1972, scientists wanted to dig up the grave. They were blocked by the Cemetery Association because exhumations can only be authorized by an ex of kin. Everyone agrees that the tombstone, if there ever was one, is now gone. And so there's nothing to see here except the plaque. Though there is a consolation grave marker, if you can find it, for Loretta, the world's talking bird. In 2010, an ad HOC tombstone with a UFO scratched into it mysteriously appeared in the cemetery, but it vanished just as mysteriously in 2012. The historical marker also mentions that Aurora was struck by an epidemic and crop failure and bypassed by the railroad. No connection is made between these calamities and the decomposing body of an ET and the town's boneyard, but that suspect that the omission was just to avoid panic because historical markers always tell the truth. The historical markers full text. Aurora Cemetery, the oldest known graves here dating from a as early as 1860 are those of Randall and Rowlett families. Finesse Dudley Buchamp, 1825-1893, to a Confederate veteran from Mississippi, donated the three-acre site to the newly formed Aurora Lodge, number 4, 
79, AF and AM, in 1877, for many years, this community's burial ground was known as Masonic Cemetery, Buchamp, his wife, Carolyn, 1829 to 1915, and others in their family. An epidemic which struck the village in 1891 added hundreds of graves to the plot, called spotted fever by the settlers. The disease is now thought to be a form of meningitis. Located in Aurora Cemetery is the gravestone of the infant Nellie Burris, 1891 to 1893, which is often quoted, epitaph, as I was so soon done, I don't know why I was begun. This site is also well known because of the legend that a spaceship crashed nearby in 1897, and the pilot, along with a few occupants killed in the crash, was buried here. Struck by epidemic and crop failure and bypassed by the railroad, the original town of Aurora almost disappeared entirely, but the cemetery remains in use with other over 800 graves, veterans of the Civil War, World War One and Two, and the Korean and Vietnam conflicts all reside here. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. And now, fun facts with Neil Parks. This is some amazing stuff I wanted to share. Fun fact. Declassified FBO documents mention the idea that Nikola Tesla had a connection with space people and was brought here by them as a baby. This was apparently not revealed until 1950, according to the information in this recently released document. Reflect on this. Although the claims within the document are not verifiable and may very well be untrue, as much as they could be true, Nikola Tesla had a very well-documented interest in life on other planets and believed to have received signals from beings on other worlds. Reminds me of David Bowie. Fun fact, mainstream UFO disclosure is taking off, and the subject is no longer taboo. There's a common narrative in the field suggesting that because mainstream media is presenting the topic the way they are now, the phenomenon represents nothing but lies. But reflect on this. Does mainstream media cover real events and attempt to manipulate the perception of the masses regarding such events? Are there powerful groups of people out there who want to control the narrative when it comes to the topic of UFOs? Reasonable evidence suggests that the CIA hired remote viewers to find out information about extraterrestrials visiting our planet, their intentions, and also potential extraterrestrial bases that exist on Earth right under our noses. Reflect on this. The UFO phenomenon is no longer taboo, like I stated. The reality of it has gone mainstream, and so has the extraterrestrial hypothesis. What are the implications of exploring this topic? Can we really trust government for any accurate information? 
or do we just have to continue being our own judges in this matter? Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Three giant spaceships 150 miles long are heading towards Earth. The UFO phenomenon has intensified since the beginning of 2020. More and more UFO sightings are reported daily in most continents. There are even special air defense departments that have secret laboratories that study all materials related to the UFO phenomenon. One cannot exclude the hypothesis that the secret services already have possession and have studied UFOs or even extraterrestrial beings. According to SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, three huge ships have been detected that are approaching our planet dangerously close. The largest ship is approximately 150 miles long. The HARP system, H-A-A-R-P, has played an essential role in the discovery of these alien ships. HARP was initially designed for the study of the Aurora Borealis. However, many conspiracy theorists speculate that HARP is also being used as a super-secret weather-intensifying weapon against foreign enemies and being used as tests. Subsequent statements suggest that these extraterrestrial spacecraft will be seen from Earth when they reach Mars orbit. One of the estimated dates for this event is July 4th, and it will also involve a possible contact between the human race and these aliens. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Are the aliens us? UFOs may be piloted by time-traveling humans, a new book argues. The great distances covered by visiting aliens may be ones of time rather than space. Unidentified flying objects have captured the public's attention over the decades. As exoplanet detection is on the rise, why not consider that star-hopping visitors from afar might be buzzing through our friendly skies by taking an interstellar off-ramp to Earth. On the other hand, could those piloting UFOs be us, our future selves that have mastered the landscape of time and space? Perhaps those reports of people coming into contact with strange beings represent our distant human descendants, returning from the future to study us in their own evolutionary past. The idea of us being them has been advanced before. But a recent book, Identifying Flying Objects, 
a multidisciplinary scientific approach to the UFO phenomenon. Masters Creative LLC 2019 takes a fresh look at this prospect, offering some thought-provoking proposals. The objective of the book, Masters said, is to spur a new and more informed discussion among the believers and skeptics alike. I took a multidisciplinary approach in order to try and understand the oddities of this phenomenon, Masters told his interviewer during the time of the uh, book release as it was announced. The idea of us being them has been advanced before, but my book has opened up an entirely new discussion for this. Our job as scientists is to be taking and asking big questions and try to find answers to unknown questions. There's something going on here, and we should be having a conversation about this. We should be at the forefront of trying to find out what it is. The book was written by Michael Masters, a professor of biological anthropology at Montana Technological University in Butte, Montana. Masters thinks that given the accelerating pace of change and the science and technology and engineering aspect, it is likely that humans of the distant future could develop the knowledge and machinery necessary to return to the past and study us. The objective of the book, Masters said, is to spur a new and more informed discussion among believers and skeptics alike. The book ties together those known aspects of our evolutionary history with what is still an unproven, unverified aspect of UFOs and aliens, he said. But why not argue that E.T. is actually a traveler from across the vastness of space, from a distant planet? Wouldn't that be a simpler answer? I would argue that it's the opposite. Masters responded, We know we are here. We know humans exist. We know that we've had a long evolutionary history on this planet. But the possibility of these beings being ourselves from the future, traveling through time instead of space, and observing us from the future, but now currently in our present being their past, would make a lot more plausible sense. We need to make what's normal seem strange. To find intelligent alien life, humans may need to start thinking like extraterrestrials. Our hunt for aliens has potentially had a fatal flaw from the beginning. We are the ones searching for them. That's the problem because we are a unique species and alien-seeking scientists are even stranger and more specialized. As a result, their all-too-human assumptions may get in the way of their alien-listening endeavors. To get around this, the Breakthrough Listening Project, a $100 million initiative scouring the cosmos for signals of otherworldly beings as part of the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. SETI, of course, is asking anthropologists to help unmask some of these biases. It's kind of a joke at Breakthrough Listen. Claire Webb, an anthropology and history of science student at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, said here on January 8th at the 235th meeting of the American Astronomical Society, AAS, in Honolulu. They tell me we're studying aliens, and you are studying us. Since 2017, Webb has worked with Breakthrough Listen to examine how SETI researchers think about aliens, produce knowledge, and perhaps inadvertently place anthro 
anthropocentric assumptions into their work. She sometimes describes their efforts as making the familiar strange. For instance, your life might seem perfectly ordinary, maybe involving being hunched over a desk and shuttling electronics around between computers until examined through an anthropological lens which points out that this is not exactly a universal state of affairs. At the conference, Webb presented a poster looking at how breakthrough listen scientists use artificial intelligence to shift through large data and try to uncover potential techno-signatures or indicators of technology or tool use by alien organisms. Researchers who use AI tend to disavow human hand- handicraft in the machines they build, Webb told Science. They attribute to a lot of the agency to those machines. I find that somewhat problematic and at the worst untrue. Any AI is trained by human beings who present it with the types of signals they think an an intelligent alien might produce. In doing so, they predispose their algorithms to certain biases. It can be incredibly difficult to recognize such thinking and overcome its limitations, Webb said. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash good. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hims.com slash good. That's 4hims.com slash good for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. We're family owned, family operated, family managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same-day pickup and next-day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of this week. I'm Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking. Thank you for hanging out with me this long, for putting up with my shenanigans and tomfoolery and listening to me go on and on about complete and total and utter nonsense that we know to be true, but is not heavily discussed enough in our culture or subculture, globally, internationally, nationally. I had a lot of fun doing this episode, a lot of digging and research and uh, trying to find uh, more and more evidence about what happened in Aurora, Texas in 1897. And the problem that I found is unfortunately uh, with a lot of things, with time, with age, uh, sometimes they kind of wither away to nothing or become just things of legend. But uh, harsh reality was brought to my attention upon conducting research for this episode of Paranormally Speaking. Uh, The fact that June 1st, 2021, 
fire destroyed City Hall in the town known for the UFO landing. A fire destroyed City Hall in Aurora, a small, wise county town where, according to legend, a UFO landed in 1897 and the locals buried one of the aliens. Investigators from the state fire marshal's office on Wednesday were digging through the rubble. I redesigned local news and weather app is live, they said. The cause of the fire is still undetermined. Speculation, though, is that it was arson. There were a lot of things lost that will never get back. Mayor Terry Sullivan said, It's pretty devastating. There was a lot of history that went up in flames. The history includes records on burial plots and the city cemetery where an alien is said to be buried, according to legend anyway, which goes like this. Like I said before, a UFO crashed into a windmill in Aurora on April 17, 1897, and the residents gave Ned, an alien, a proper burial. A large rock marks the supposed burial spot. Tourists are known to leave trinkets to this day. The mayor said none of that had anything to do with the fire at City Hall. We hope not, he joked. Most of Aurora's 1,700 residents today have a hard time believing the alien story anyway. I think it was just a publicity stunt, but who knows, Solomon said. As for how the fire at City Hall started, that's still under investigation. They'll get to the bottom of it. We'll find out, the mayor said. For now, it's another mystery in a town that has never quite solved the last one. I'm Neil Parks. Enjoy the rest of your week. Keep your eyes on the sky and your heart clean. God bless.